A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Have you ever wondered exactly what it is that that married man found so appealing about paying for it? Or watched the murder doco and thought, how can that monster's mother still love him? Welcome to To Be Frank, the show that invites you to step inside the world of Constance Hall as she explores the most interesting topics and people from all over the world with no BS, no filter. Now your host, Constance Hall and co-host, Claudia McLeod. Hello and welcome to another episode of To Be Frank with Constance Hall and I'm here with Claudia and today we are joined with a very incredible woman and I'm so grateful to have you on the show, Michelle. Michelle Bridges. Oh my God, it's an absolute pleasure, Constance. I have adored you from the moment you walked up to me. (laughs) And tell me who you were and said, I know who you are. (laughs) Just from that moment on, I just adored you. I thought you were fantastic. This is on Dancing with the Stars, right? This is on Dancing with the Stars. And I was a bit nervous going in. Oh, we were in some studio for the photo shoot. That's right. Yeah. I was like, shit, I I think I'm going to know a few people here. Just, you know, photo shoot. And you're kind of like, hi. It's like first day at school. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I was just like blown away at how you came up, came, you were quite forthright, but you were really gentle at the same time. And I just liked your style straight off the bat. So Aww. it's and a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much. Everybody said to me about big, about um, Dancing with the Stars, like what are the celebrities like? And I was like, obviously when you look at the celebrities that are coming on, you were a huge name. Like you are, you were probably the biggest name that was on the show. And so I was expecting, because I'm an, an asshole, I was expecting that you would probably be some super rich, super famous person that had no time for anyone. And <laughs> I walked out of that, that shoot and I was like, Michelle Bridges had the most time for me out of everybody Aww. there. Like, you know, it was, it's funny that, and I actually wanted to talk to you about this, the misconceptions about people, I think, because I think that there's a misconception that you're just all fitness, isn't there? And, uh, and, no. and tough yeah. and fierce and hard. Yeah. And that's funny because I listen to people's interviews about you and I'm like, God, if I had an hour with Michelle, I wouldn't even, like, you never said to me, oh, you need to get off the Red Bulls or you need to do this, you know, like it's just you, that's what you do. It's like thinking that a fucking doctor's just going to want to talk to you about, you know, if you were with them, your health constantly. It's not who you are through and through. It's just your career. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for mentioning <laughs> I feel like I've spent probably the better half of the last decade. Look, I don't want to convince anyone of anything really because I don't give a shit. <laughs> By the time you turn 42, you just say, fuck it. I do feel that was I was definitely put into that category because of, you know, what what I'd done on TV. It was an entertainment show and I loved it and, and it is what I do and I do love it and I'm damn good in the gym. Sometimes I do make people throw up, myself included. No, I don't. There's more to you. everything who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And, in fact, you know, like all of my friends were like, kind of going, Mish, we just know you so well and we just feel pissed off that a lot of people see you as this this one-dimension person. It's threatening to people that they think that's who I am. I'm instantly met with a guard up on someone and I'm like, dude, relax. It's like chill. 
I think when people meet you and see you, it changes. Like you obviously wouldn't remember this, but there was one um, night that I came and watched the show and your family was sitting in front of me and you came up afterwards and were talking to your family and, you know, we were all just saying hi and you were so sweet and lovely and warm and I felt the same way. I was like, this is not fitting, like, you know, what I thought you would be like. You were just totally sincere and genuine and, yeah, not that person that's perceived on a tough show. Oh, look, I could be a total bitch if I want to be. Oh, can't we all? (laughs) But I don't know why you're perceived like that anyway because you're not going to be sweet and kind when you're a trainer on TV. So obviously you couldn't. Do you know what I mean? No, and I had a role. I had a role that I was a brief. As much as I kind of think, oh, you know, I did a lot for the camera, I also really loved what we were doing. You know, I really loved it. I mean, I loved my contestants, but I loved the crew. For me, intrinsically, I come back to where I've always been. I've always been a fitness instructor. So I love the camaraderie. I love the inclusiveness. And I'm good at like rallying the troops. It's kind of been what I've always been good at. So, you know, even just to be madly in love with the, the crew and the that crew, we stayed together, mostly all of us from camera, sound guys, hair and makeup, like almost all of it was the same throughout almost a decade. Like, you're like your family, really tight. Yeah, we got really tight. So I just loved that. And I but I also loved what we, you know, what we were doing and what we were achieving. And in fact, you know, I had we multiple doctors say to us, oh my God, oh my God. And we, we were like, what? Like this is the contestants GPs when they'd go back to them and they'd, they'd be sitting with them their their GP and their GP be like, I knew on paper this was possible, but I've just never, never seen, seen it actually it. done. Wow. All of your health, major health measures, all your key milestones, everything that we look through science, it's incredible. Like, it's amazing. We've just never actually seen it happen. What does that say about the way that we're tackling these kind of health things? Almost like an addiction, like you need to go on a retreat, you need to be yeah, and have all the support something. There. And have the opportunity to, it's almost like a once in a life opportunity mm. in order to make the changes. It was tough for them too, because they were in a environment that was a bit of a bubble. They didn't have any contact with their outside friends and family and support networks. So we were very much that for them. Sorry to bog you down with biggest no. losing stuff, but it was, it was a really interesting thing that I did for almost, it was almost 10 years. It's a long time like with month. all those same people. Do you, do you keep in touch with any of the contestants? I have got contact with some of them. Some of them wanted to fly the coop as soon as they were out. They were like, I'm yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm off to Macca's. <laughs> and then and others I have got castating contact with. I get to see this kind of stuff happen all the time with my 12-week body patient. And, I mean, I wrote a book about it and a lot of my people that have come through the ranks and we did all their stories. Oh, wow. It's awesome, you know, to be a part of that. Only just recently, and I'm going to tap into this lady because she blew me away. She works in a school. I don't think she's, she was a teacher. She's more like a teacher's aide. 52, about my age, 58, 59 kilo lady, very slight, small, petite, has like what was basically a heart attack at, at work, wow. at school ambulance called many many weeks in hospital like mad wake up call heart attacks are really 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 hard to recover from because like, it's a really long beat yeah it's a 
life-changing. For her it was. And she, she had a daughter that was pregnant. So she was about to be a grandmother. And then she came and decided with all of that's happened to her that she's going to do my 12-week body transformation program. I was like, shit. <laughs> so we got all the clearances and to her credit, she did it. She stuck with it and her husband was there as this great support network for her. Weight loss wasn't even the goal. It was not at all. If She lost a couple of kilos, but that wasn't the reason. She wanted to like change all of her diet. So we got you know really clear indicators of what we needed to do for our meal plans. She lives in Perth. A cardiologist in Perth, whom I want to get in contact with, sat her down and said, are you ready for this? This is unprecedented. I've never seen anybody change their life markers so much. I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but they went from like double digits down to like one. It was incredible. Like he said, you tell that Michelle Bridges that what she did for you was amazing. And so she's now staying with us and doing the Lean and Strong program. Her husband was crying. She was crying. She gets to be a grandmother and she took herself off to Bali for the holiday and she even wore a bikini. Um, This is amazing. It's amazing. That's to do with bloody weight. So do you get many people that come to your program that don't want to lose weight? They're just looking for like a healthier life? That's an interesting question. I don't know if I get a huge amount of people that come purely for the health benefits. I think a lot of people do want to lose some weight. But what happens during the process is that they go, yeah, I kind of do want to get the weight off, but far out, I feel good. Other things shift as well. Suddenly I'm sleeping better, got more energy. I feel a little bit more, a lot more organized in the kitchen. My family are eating better. My husband, God damn it, he's lost 10 kilos. I haven't, but he has because he's following the program. By Why possibly. is that that men just shed it? Like it is so unfair. I think that everyone will relate to this. It's like they just lose weight so much. What is it, hormonal? I just think that they've got a bigger metabolism. Oh, I mean, it's different for everyone, to be honest. I didn't want to like, you know, hassle you too much for actual PT um, and health questions, but I have found... <laughs> While you're here. <laughs> I'm like, this is, you know, you could call your doctor about this comment, but I have found it harder to lose weight as I've gotten older. Like it used to fall off me when I was younger. They're not lying when they say as you get older, your metabolism will change. Is that because your, your muscle mass in your body changes? It's a lot of things, Con. It's muscle mass. It's hormonal. We have more responsibilities, so it can be a lot about our environment. So we're putting a a lot of energy into our work, our children, our parents, our bills to be paid. There's a lot happening for women when you're getting into your like closer to midlife. We sometimes, not all times, but some have a bit more disposable income. So they might be tending to eat out more or partake in more alcoholic beverages, go on holidays, which means that their training gets pushed to the one side. The routine gets out of whack. I love to train on my holidays, but that's just because I've got more time. So unrelatable there, Michelle. That's a really unrelatable statement. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever trained on a holiday. Oh, once I did with, I've got a friend that's like you. She's just like, ah, like just energetic, you know, always loves exercise. And we went and we peaked too early. We did like a double class and I was like limping around for the rest of the holiday. (laughs) That was the one and only time. I've had lots of sex. (laughs) There's a lot of different factors that can contribute to it. However, that being said, a lot of my ladies that do my program have been with me since 
the well, beginning. A decade. And they keep doing it again and again. How long's it run for? How long have you been doing it? We've been nearly 13 years. It's yeah, a long time because I did it once when my eldest was probably like four and it was great. Yeah, that was, a, that. that was a long time ago. I guess the point that I wanted to just quickly make there because I think it's really interesting is I have a lot of women now that are perimenopausal and menopausal, myself included, and there is a lot to deal with when you're hitting that place, you know, regarding your hormones and your body and how you feel about yourself. Don't start talking about the dry vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, there's, there's so much. I had a few ladies specifically in the last round and I really made a point of, of honing in on what they were doing because they were my age, 52, 53, 54, and in the throes of menopause. What we achieved with them in 12 weeks was really great. Like they, yes, some of them lost some weight. In fact, all of them did. Some of them more than they thought they were going to and others not as much as they would have liked. Push that aside, whatever. They all felt so much better about themselves, more in control, like they got their shit together basically. So I feel like as hard as it can be or harder as we get older, it's still possible. You're still able to get fitter, put on some muscle, get more flexible, have less aches and pains. That's a really good point because you can think, oh, it's harder now, so I'm just not going to bother. Like I've peaked, you know, and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> I can let but myself then you go can get now. Inspired, then go. You know, it's not over yet, Con. <laughs> so realistically, Michelle, how often do you train? I aim for most days, but I probably get four to five a week. So I've just moved back to Sydney when I was living in the Southern Highlands. As much as I loved it, as much as it was beautiful, I lived in a park. It was the most incredible life. And a lot of people go, oh, my God, that's the dream. I was living there by myself with my son. He was four when I got moved there. And it's really isolated, isn't it? I was too isolated. I just moved back from Margaret River for the same reason and I had my six kids and my husband. But after his accident, I felt like a single mum and I was like, I never thought I wanted to move back to Perth. Second, I moved back so much happier. Like, do you just feel heaps different? Everything's changed for me. And so I'm walking more because I've got a dog. At the moment, I'm living in an apartment. So I've gone from like the sublime to the ridiculous, from like this big 10-acre property to a, a two-bedroom apartment in the middle of the city, but whatever. But now I've got to walk my dog more. And I'm and you just tend to walk more. So I'm getting more steps up. I'm enjoying my training because I'm mixing it up with all these different things and facilities that are, that are at my fingertips. So I'm fitter now than I was there. And I'm definitely a lot happier because I'm just more connected. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you need a lifestyle change. I'm glad you moved back to Sydney because, yeah, it is. It's the dream, isn't it? And then all of a sudden, I didn't even know I wanted to move back to Perth, but I was going up north for a holiday and I was here for a week and I just said to Dens, I'm not going back. Kind of happens overnight, doesn't it? If I'd been living there with my, you know, life partner and all of our children, it would be a completely different scenario. But I was there by myself chopping wood. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like 30 to 40 minutes away from town, meaning 30 to 40 minutes away from the hospital. So having a four-year-old child, I was always that was always in the back of my mind. And it's just you as well. It's not like it, like if something happened to you, so you fell on the floor or you know, it's it's that sort of stuff as well, isn't it? Where can he run and go get help? It served its purpose. I went there and I healed Aww. and I, you know, connected with my son on a totally different level. But, yeah, I knew I knew it was time. If I didn't do it then, it would be like a Hotel California you will never leave because your son is so entrenched into the school. Yeah, yeah. 
And also there is like my whole family has a, a theory that you can't move your children once they're teenagers. So you need to make all your decisions that, you know, what you're going to be able to cope with before they become teenagers. And, oh, my God, just like that, like my kids are choosing where we live. They're, you know, they've got their friends. I couldn't move them if I wanted to. Yeah, so, yeah. so hard it is when they're to make those decisions when while you still can. I've made it in five minutes and I packed up a house in 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Found a school, found an apartment. Like I did it literally in three weeks. And so did you sell the house? I have. I have now, yeah. You bought another one? And I found a place, yeah. So in the interview that I listened to you, you were going to an auction. I listened to an interview yesterday that you did with Stella Magazine. Is that the house you bought? Yeah. And Yay! Because I was like, oh, you know, you've got to be covert and, oh, you just have to get someone on the phone and you're listening to that person who's bidding for you and, you know, don't let anybody. And I thought, you know what, I took a leaf out of Jackie O's book because she was at her auction and I thought, it's my money. I've made this money. I worked freaking hard for this. I'm going to hold that damn paddle up. Good on you. And you did and you won. Were you of the mindset of it doesn't matter how high it goes, I need this house? I'm a pragmatic girl. Like I will always. You didn't have an emotional attachment to the house? Yeah, even though I definitely really wanted it. I was like, okay, you need to go in with knowing what your limit is. You need to be like try to detach as much as you can because another one will come along. You'll figure it. You'll find another one. Anyway, but actually, the right thing will happen, you know? Yeah. And, God, we got there and I took Axel with me because I didn't have like He's gonna he's gonna come with me. So he came with me. My girlfriend came with me, and I said, "You choose the paddle number." So he chose number ten. So that's what we used. And he yeah, goes, "Did we win, Mum? Did we win it?" <laughs> How old's Axel now? He's seven and a half. Oh. And he's delicious. Yeah, he is, he just, is delicious. You know, my favorite age is eight. Is it? Yeah, like, I mean, I love babies, but I just think eight's like they're sort of independent enough to you know do stuff for themselves. Like you know, you don't have to like watch them like. You know, they're not going to run off and that sort of stuff. But they're not assholes and they still love you. You know, like they're just at that perfect little and they're not really tainted by the world yet and they're just it's just a nice little special age. But, Michelle, one thing that is hard about having one kid, and I do notice this when I babysit my friend's kids and they only have one, is that, like, they want a lot from me because they're used to having mum to talk to them all day, whereas my kids have each other. And so it's like almost harder. Do you know what I mean? It's super amazing because you've got this one-on-one bond, but it is relentless, isn't it? Just you and Yeah, <laughs> actually, it's, you're quite right. I keep saying to myself, God, how do the ladies do it with two or three? But when you put it like that, I'm off. Yeah, they demand a lot more from you. So I got a dog. Didn't help. He's needy. As well. Yeah. Well, you got a. They're never a good idea. Dogs and you got a little dog. Like they're just super high needs. All of them. <laughs> Has he got cousins though? Yeah, and he's got like half brother and half sister. I'm very close with my my cousin and he, their kids are really close with Axel. So yeah, we've got family. And bless him. You know, like he's with his dad at the moment because of school holidays. When he gets back, he said, "Mum." I think I'd really like to go and visit Nana. I said, okay, we can do that because it's a birthday and I just think I'd really like. And I thought, how long is he going to be saying that for? Yeah, exactly. So we better better do that. Yeah, my kids are like, really, Nan? (laughs) So did you move closer to his dad? So is that that's easier? Yeah, it's definitely easier because, like, there was a whole lot of driving going on. Two hours to get from Sydney to where we were 
every second weekend. He'd be in the class. We used to do that and it's like I used to have a rule, if you can't make it on Friday after school, then you can't come because they're not spending Saturday and Sunday driving, you know. It's just too Mm. much. I mean, yeah, you used to meet halfway. Like it was full on. The judge ordered that we like did one person did one drive and one did another, which is much better because otherwise you're waiting in car parks, you know, for you halfway there. But anyway, it's a mess. (laughs) This is just something that comes into my head that I want to ask you. Hypothetical question, right? This isn't what I had written down. But I was just thinking before, I was like, you had gained, like the doctor told you you're 20 kilos overweight, right? (laughs) And But because we live in a hypothetical world, you're only allowed to either control your diet or your exercise to get that weight off and be healthy again. Which one would you choose? Oh, that's a tough I know, I'm backing you in a corner. Yeah, this is hard for you. I can see. Look at your face. Gotta pick one. Well, because they just work so beautifully together, I would say the food because that's going to nourish my body and give me all the nutrients that I need. So that's, you know, when you think of like baseline primal instinct of survival, that makes sense to me. However, exercise is what fixes my head. Mm, that's what yeah, I was going to say. That would be hard for you. It's You know, I don't exercise and the times that I have done small little bouts of it, like, God, I felt better in my head <laughs> and I just don't know why I can't get, you know what I mean, why I can't go, you should do this every day because you actually feel, I feel like I'm on drugs. My mum goes, why are you talking so much? And I'm like, because I've been for a fucking walk or I got my heart beat up or, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's funny. It's almost like the people that need it the most are the ones that are most averted to it. I'm not sure. I've got to do your challenge. <laughs> I guess if I had to hunt or gather my food, then that would kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, okay. So I guess getting my exercise as well as getting my food. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd be really good on like a, one of those Survivor shows or alone or something. <laughs> would you do a show like that? Would you do a, a show like a survivory type show? I've been asked lots of times to do them and I've always said no um, for work reasons mostly scheduling reasons um and then now with acts and being a single parent they're a long time away and you'd probably go really far you wouldn't get eliminated early so you'd be on there for a long time i was just asked recently to do one where we had to go overseas for oh i don't know about four weeks and i thought Oh, I was just moving back to Sydney. Axel was changing school. We're changing house. We're, you know, like too much. Oh, bye, mum. She's gone for four weeks. I couldn't do it. And now that he's a bit older, maybe I could, but I'd have to organise a nanny to live with him. And then, you know, and often they with these shows, they won't let you FaceTime. Oh, so far like, out. Yeah, yeah. It's just you're kind of left wondering. That's really tough. Is that like a mental thing so that you – do they do that on purpose? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, because you're in some kind of a bubble situation, whatever it might be. And, of course, you know, if they're going to let one, they've got to let everybody else do it. So they just have a blanket rule that – Yeah, that's hard. And also, like, what would it do for you? It's like you're a businesswoman. You don't need the money. The money's always crap. Like the publicity is not even that good anymore on – local TV, so it's just a bit like you got to weigh up the pros and cons and the cons always win, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. It's like it would be fun. Like I went, I did Dancing with the Stars because I wanted to do something really different and, and I liked that it was going to be physical. I mean, I danced every day. I was so hard. My feet were killing me. didn't help. <laughs> you were both incredible. I just can't get over it. Like it was just <laughs> especially, I mean, who, and who would have thought that you got out before con, let's face it? <laughs> 
I can believe that for sure, but but I got out before um the cricket guy. Really? Yes. Really? Oh was, yeah, no, that is surprising. Yeah, that's bloody weird. The whole show is, I remember one of the producers was pissed off that you that you got eliminated before me. She was like, Michelle's got a lot of followers as well. I don't understand how this happened. <laughs> how funny. <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, when, when they called my name. Were you relieved? There was a little part of me that went, thank God. Yeah, I yeah, bet. Like, yeah. on, my, on a whole other week of that gruelling schedule, I would have been the same. I'd be like, get me out. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When I was on the show with you, I, I loved the fact that you were always an open book because so many of these celebrities, for lack of a better word, will dance around questions and not give you answers. But like yourself, I have always aspired to be a businesswoman. And so I loved being able to pick your brains. And I remember once I said to you, if you had to like, I lo- I've always loved my hypotheticals, but I was like, if you had to get rid of all your businesses except one, which would it be? And I think you said it was the 12 week challenge. Because you've obviously got quite a lot of things going on. Yeah, I would have kept that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So as a businesswoman, like, just look at you and I go, how the fuck did she, A, survive? You know, like, (laughs) I find it really hard. I feel like every time I make any money, it gets taken off me with legals or divorces or, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very difficult to stay alive. If you had to have one piece of advice for women starting a business, trying to make it work, what is it? Oh, God, Khan, it's so funny you ask me this because I, I struggle too. Really? <laughs> you know, like I, I do. I, I mean, I'm considering a business project at the moment and I'm, I'm nervous, like it's a big investment and you sort of think, God, uh, will, will I make that back? Mm. And maybe, maybe I've got more sensitive over the years because I've got a child and, and because I'm it. Like as like in you make safer choices business-wise? or yeah, yeah, as in I'm a bit more like mm. maybe a bit more measured and yep. maybe a bit more conservative. When I was younger, I was like, let's just do it. Whatever, what's the worst that can happen? Like, more high yeah. risk, yeah. yeah. And you start focusing on the negative things now and what could go wrong, but when you're young you only see the, oh, it could be amazing. Yeah. The reason that I'm potentially you know going to do this is number one you need to I think it's important that you have an audience like I I think if you don't have an audience then you know you're pushing it uphill pretty quickly you need to have an audience or at least know who your audience is going to be and tap into that and utilize that for fodder for information for data collection so I, you know, fortunately I've got that audience. So that kind of is why I go, come on, Mish, it's a bit of a no-brainer. You've got the audience there. And I've tapped into that audience and asked, like, with surveys, 
and ask them, you know, what do you think about this and what would you think, what would you do, what would you, you know, what would you pay for this if you were going to buy it, blah, blah, blah. And it's so lovely the way they want to answer these questions, don't you think? Like I always think, you know, whenever I do a survey or do a shout-out, do a question and a poll, they're so wanting me to succeed and wanting to give me their data and they don't realise that a company's data is its worth. So it's like they're giving me everything that I need and they don't even realise how valuable that is and how much I appreciate it. Yeah, it's massive. And you should appreciate it and you should let them know how much you appreciate it, of course. And I know you do that. So I think it's have your audience and have your concept pretty clear. I've never been a business plan girl, although they are important. You need to have one. I Thankfully, I have a really good accountant. Yeah, you can, ask, you can insource for that. Get people in that. That's their strength. And so he just crunches the numbers and, and we sit down and we we plot that out. But, you know, I, I think you should, you know, believe in yourself as well. If you're believing in the product and you believe that you have, you know, something that people want, go for it. It's not for the pussies out there, let me tell you. <laughs> it's like jumping out of a plane and trying to assemble the parachute on the way down. <laughs> hey, Michelle. Especially when you've got media and everyone wanting to see whether something's going to fail because, like, a general rule is when something's doing well, you advertise that and you talk about that and you announce your accomplishments. But when it's not, no one really talks about that because that's not good marketing. Why would you? Whereas, like, if you're trying something new and it kind of flops, you've got, people that want to talk about that for you and that's fucking terrifying you know (laughs) you gotta own it either way right yeah yeah that's right that's right can we go back to pussies (laughs) are you dating at the moment what's going on (laughs) where's this going no no i'm definitely not in fact i think my son would be horrified if I was. Really? Because um, it's just you and him. Yeah. That's going to be tough uh, when when and if it happens, which it will. I've said to him, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I might get a boyfriend. You've got to start dropping that in there so he gets, yeah. He's horrified. He's like, no. What kind of guy would you go out with? Yeah, what, what's your type? Have you got a type? One that is emotionally intelligent, one that has his own shit going on. Mm, has his own life. I don't need anybody to take care of You me. don't need a new CEO just because you're sleeping <laughs> with someone. I don't need another mouth to feed either. My friend who's a farmer, he goes, you need a self-feeder, Michelle. You need a self-feeder. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's true. That's so true. Do you know what? That actually leads into something else I was going to ask you because when I was listening to an interview that you did, I didn't realise that you sort of came from a working class family. You did, don't come from a huge amount of money and your mum was always working really hard. And, and she was a single mum. Wasn't she your mum? We came from probably a little even under working class. Like we, I remember having to have all secondhand everything and only had one school uniform and mum would have to wash it every night. Sometimes we'd get food deliveries to help out. Do you think that might have something to do with why you are so successful? Because when you think about it, you did The Biggest Loser, right? And then a lot of people would go, I'm just going to keep kind of waiting for jobs to come to me through media and stuff. But you instead were like, no, I've got my audience now. I'm going to create a business. And that's lasted till, you know, for so long now, and which is so unusual. Do you reckon that it's because you got that drive? It's like, I've been given an opportunity. I'm going to fucking take it. You bet, sister. 
You bet. That's exactly what happened. I got that gig and I straight away, and this is a business tip too, have your exit strategy or understand what, what it could look like in five or 10 years time or even in two years time. But I got that job and I immediately thought to myself, this is incredible. This is a real opportunity. All good things must come to an end. I might only get one season. So I better like- Make the most of it. Busy. So as soon as that show finished, it took us about five months to shoot. And as soon as it finished, I didn't have any jobs. I didn't have any work because I had to quit all my jobs and all my, you know, personal training clients and classes and so on um, to do the role. So as soon as the role was over, I was like, right. So I I thought I I need to start getting busy on writing a book. I've got all these ideas around fitness equipment, fitness clothing, cookbooks. Uh, That's when the 12-week body transformation kind of was crystallizing. Go, 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 go. Because I just thought it could all end in a, in a heartbeat. And you never know which one's going to take off, so you kind of want to have your finger in every pie as well. That was one of the first kind of reality shows going around. There'd been a few, but I was probably one of the few talent that kind of started creating a hustle on the side. And I remember I was with my ex at the time, Bill, who was my business partner, and he said, you know, you're going to do a – a, a television commercial for your business during the show that your talent on. He said, I don't think that I've seen that happen before on TV. He said, that's mad. That is mad. That really is. That's huge. It's sort of like the beginning of the independence, really. Like people, once social media came out, people could sort of start to do that. But this is before that. That was before, well before that. You're a driven person. I think it really started with my book. Because I just plowed in, my, like I threw myself into that um, and everyone was going to the beach and everyone was going to parties and everyone was going out and everyone was having fun during summer and I was stuck in my back room like mm, <laughs> writing this fucking book. And then I remember we had a trip to Bali that we planned in prior to realising I was going to write a book. So we went on the trip and I sat in my freaking hotel room. Well, not a hotel We had a nice little villa. It was lovely. But I sat there like doing this freaking book that just going and going It's and actually going. a good idea, though, because you have less distractions than being at home, even though it's sort of a waste of a holiday. You get much more writing done. Don't yeah, you? I got so much done. but uh, And I was, you know, resentful and pissed <laughs> off. And, rah, 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 rah. and then, of course, when I got the book in my hands, I was like, oh, oh. look at me, I'm so clever. <laughs> hey, you guys have both got ex-husbands called Bill. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you probably like yours more than I do. I do. I do. <laughs> I absolutely you do. Oh, that's that's nice. good that you guys get on. So did you and Bill decide not to have children or were you just tried for ages and it didn't? Sorry, that's a bit personal. But um, because you and Bill seem to have such a good relationship, I'm just like wondering how come you had a baby later with another husband. Right? Yeah, it was, uh, look, my career just went so gangbusters. It went nuts. You wouldn't have had time to make a baby then, I imagine, with all that going on. Yeah, and I, I, I'll be honest, I had my career, I loved it. I was in love with my career. And he supported it. it. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, he totally supported it. And so when the conversation of children inevitably turned up, I always felt that he was kind of like, he'd say to me, if you want to, then, yeah, it's up to you, though, like it's, if you want to do that. And I always thought I kind of would want to do that with someone that equally want to yeah. right, rather than being all on my yeah. decision that could happen. He had two older children as well. They were both adults. 
So I think he sort of was in that, been there and done that. And I get it because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Wise, wise Bill. <laughs> and he was also 17 years older than me. He was kind of like not that keen. So I just kept going with my career. I realized in my 40s that I wanted to do it. And I thought, if I'm going to do it now, I'm, I'm never going to do you it. You fell pregnant naturally, didn't you? I did. Did you feel that, like, because of your age, you shouldn't really, like, talk about that? Did you feel like a, you know, because so many women is harder the older you get, did you feel like a sense of almost like you felt bad that you did fall pregnant naturally at that age? Or was it just the complete opposite? You were just, yeah, I'm just interested as to how you felt about it. I first of all, they, they told me I had a geriatric uterus, which was, you know. Yeah, but that's over 35. I had that like when I was, I think, 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very young. I just assumed I'd need to do IVF. That was just the assumption that I made. And I reached out to a friend of mine who used to be a fitness instructor and is a professor in now in gynecology. And he put me onto his team. You know, one lady does specialises in ultrasound and the other lady specialises in something else. So I went along to them and just went down the path of IVF. It's just what's going to have to happen. So that was so lovely. They snuck because this is when the, there was a lot of media attention as well. And I just thought, I just don't need to be seen walking into a fertility clinic. So they were lovely and they snuck me in through the garage and I sat down and we were just about to start the next season of Big Loser. and I sat down with the lady and she it took an hour for her to explain everything that I needed to do. And like I was lucky if I could remember to take the bloody pill. So I was looking at her thinking, yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? How am I going to do this and film a TV show and without anyone you knowing? So I got through that meeting and I just flippantly turned to them with all my bags of, you know, drugs and said, could you imagine if I was pregnant? (laughs) I went home with them, put them in the fridge and I had to wait for my period and I had to wait for the second day of my period to start the drugs and my period just never came. And I was like, I think I'm pregnant. And so I was. And I rang them. I said, can I bring them back? Oh, my <laughs> God. It's just amazing. Can that I get my money back? <laughs> that gives me goosebumps. It's beautiful, isn't it? Oh. I was probably a bit naive and I thought, oh, maybe it was because I'm healthy. But I just, I know that that's not the case because I know that there's a lot of healthy women out there that struggle. I just think I was very blessed. Oh, yeah. I think it's just. There's no answer to it, you know. I've often wondered that, like, the healthier you are, is that, are your eggs healthier? Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, like, your hair's healthier, everything about you is healthier, so maybe yes. We would think that. But then I guess the chemical makeup of all of us is so different. And there's a lot of, like, unexplained infertility, isn't there? You know, like, I've, I've spoken to people that just have unexplained infertility. I've had family friends that they were together and couldn't fall pregnant. And then they separated for various other reasons and then went and found other partners and fell pregnant. Yeah, I've had friends like that too. I reckon that there might be yep. a fertility compatibility thing. Definitely. That people don't, that we don't really understand fully yet. It's amazing, isn't it? It's interesting. It's very fascinating. I was, I was listening, I, I, I don't know how true this is, but I, I was listening to a podcast about sex and fertility and relationships and they were saying that a man will actually give off if that's the right word of way of putting it more sperm if he's having sex with a stranger as opposed to 
with his, you know, the person that he's been with, and that she, her cervix will tilt more if she's having sex with a straight because there's the whole excitement factor. I was like, is that true? Wow. <laughs> <That> sounds amazing. <laughs> but that would, that would mean that would make sense because there are so many, um, you know, one night stand pregnancies. Well, that's when she was saying, she was saying that you've got, you know, because she was talking about relationships and how really early on. it's really important. You've got to keep the novelty somehow. You can't just let it become, you know, so standardised that it's Saturday morning at nine o'clock before we go and do the grocery shop. Or like people that are like, trying, they're like, hey, it's, you know, I've got an ovulation window. Quick, let's go. That's not going to. Yeah, but then there's yeah. that as well. Um, but I think she was probably more so, sort of talking about how it's important for your sex life to be kept interesting mm. um, for both parties and you should want to do it for each other. Uh, anyway, it was a, I can't even remember what podcast. Do you know it was what? Like. That's why I won't. I strong rule always have had a rule that I won't have a threesome because um, I have everyone I know has had a threesome. I'm the only one that hasn't, but I'm like, I know my husband loves me. I know he never wants to sleep with anyone else. But you cannot change the fact that if we were to sleep with somebody else, he's never slept with her before. And I will see in his eyes that he's more excited about her mm. than he is about me. Because <laughs> it's people new. are excited by new things. Yeah. So mm. she was saying keep it, you've got to keep the novelty, you know, whether it be going to a hotel or mm. whether it be, you know, doing a little bit of role play or a mm. little bit of dress up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here I am talking about this. <laughs> I haven't had sex in ages. <laughs> so yeah. we need to sort this out. So Con and I are coming to Sydney in a couple of weeks. What the hell would I know? I think we're gonna we're gonna get you back on the we're gonna get you on a dating app. Yeah, you need to get on a dating app. We'll come so around. We'll come around to the new so house tricky. and set you up. How long until you move into it? It's meant to be at the end of October, but a strange thing has happened, and I don't even know if this is interesting, but it's just. Um, the owners of the house said to me, oh, we've got the floorboards that match all the floorboards of the house for the kitchen, but we just never put them in. So you, we just give them to the, you if you want them. They're beautiful floorboards. And I was like, how can I say no to that? So I said, okay. And then I thought, shit, now I've got to get the tiles jacked up. So do and then I thought, if I'm going to get the maybe. tiles jacked up and the floorboards, do I do a number on the kitchen? Because it's a nice kitchen, but is it my dream kitchen? No. And should I do, do that? Do it all before you move in. Yeah. Because that kitchen's a major. So is this like your dream house? For now, yeah, it is. It's, if I was going to build one, it's probably no. But, you know, it's not easy buying a home in Sydney, Con. Wow, that's a home. Yeah, yeah. I find it hard even here. It's lovely and it's everything that I kind of want for Axel and I'm so determined that we'll be there for a good 10 years until he's finished high school. school and all that. Oh. Yeah, so that the answer is I'd like to be in for Christmas. Nah, yeah, you need to get some things done. Do you feel like, I don't know if this is just something I feel because I have issues with growing up like completely poor when all my friends were super rich, but do you feel like because you're so well-known, your house has to be chic as fuck because <laughs> people are going to, that's something I feel and it's weird, but like I could afford this sort of mediocre house that's around the corner because I can't sell my Margaret River house because of my divorce. That's why I'm living in limbo. And I've like tried, I've had to psychoanalyze myself about why I won't just buy a mediocre house, but I feel like maybe it's something that I have to prove or maybe it's because I really identify with my home and I'm a creative and I want it to look a certain way. But do you ever feel like, was public perception on your mind while you were buying a house or was it just you and Axel? Uh, it was a little bit because I thought, oh, it's going to be 
out there. But, you know, I looked at a lot of different houses. I looked at some ones that were more expensive than this one. And I looked at ones that were less expensive than this one. I, I looked at a lot. And, but I kept coming back to this one because I had, of the feel that I, when I felt when I walked in, it reminded me a little bit of my home that I grew up for a period of time when my mom was able to, with help from my grandparents, buy a house for us. It reminded me a little bit of that. It's all one level. And I had in my vision board, I wanted a pool because everybody tells me how swimming pools are like babysitters for your kids and also i kind of wanted a house that axel would want to invite his friends it's back. really good oh, for luring the yeah that's what like, girls do mm-hmm. i don't want him going to their house i want them coming to <laughs> and it's a thing as well like come around bring your bathers like it's a thing you know like it yeah yeah draws people in sort of ticked all of those boxes so that's kind of you know i i wanted i want to have the fun house Yeah, I've always been like that too because (laughs) my mum was really strict growing up. No one, not really strict, but just like she had babies when I was 13. And so you couldn't have anyone over. And I'd go to other people's houses and that's where I was getting in all the trouble. So when I had kids, I was like, I am the house. People come to me, you know, like we don't have rules. Just come over. (laughs) Yeah, okay, that's good. I don't know about the no rules thing. Yeah, Yeah, and no one's mums let them come. So, (laughs) yeah, no, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. It's a clean slate for me and Axe. It's just like it's just us. It's yours, your house together. My house and and his house and we you know he's with 10 minutes from school and it's close to my bestie who lives in this building that I'm renting in at the moment his uncle uh and so I'm I feel I feel like I'm just ready to next Good and on you feel like it's a really fresh beginning a new house changes your life doesn't it it really does it's your life kind of gets split into before we moved into here and after yeah 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 Aww, oh, well, that's exciting. I, I, I did it for him I did it for, I know we all do what we do for our kids I did it for him because I wanted him to have that stability of a, a, a property that we hopefully, no one's got a crystal ball, but we hopefully will live in for like a really good chunk of his life and he'll have that as his memory. The, the home and he grew up in. it's almost like the country served its purpose for him as well and, you know, when he was young and he got to do his thing with nature and now like that he's going to school, he gets to sort of understand the city life a little bit better. Yeah, he's good. He's one of those kids that's got a really strong sense of self and he is really quite social and doesn't have a problem coming up and talking to adults or asking questions of adults. Like I, that's I'm great. really impressed when he does that. So he's he's settled in. I've had no massive blowbacks, no big like, oh, my God, I want to go back to the farm or back to the country. Hey, he talks about missing it, but it's being in a context that, He's relaxed and he's not like anxious or I haven't seen any real change in his demeanour. What are your Guinness book records for? First one was for the world's biggest circuit class. We did it in Melbourne and we had Mr. Guinness World Record clipboard there and everything had to be a certain specified way that it was done and no one could leave and no one could stop and, you know, it had to be for 30 minutes and it it had to be on rotation and all these rules. Um, So that was that one. How many people were in the class? Well, we had about 2,000 people coming to that one. I used to have to have a bodyguard. It's so funny. Um, wow. The ladies would go crazy. <laughs> We'd have a big party that night. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Um, but then the second one was when I was doing work in New York, in America, and we decided in our wisdom that we were going to try and pull off the world's biggest fitball class in Rockefeller Plaza in peak hour traffic in New York City. We had to get uh, nearly uh, 400 and let's say 450 fitballs into that location. <laughs> and blow Like the big balls that you sit on. People. Yeah, those big fitballs. Blow, get them blown up, get get the people in, get it all happening. I had to have other trainers helping. It was a whole thing. So whose idea was this? Mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm you like- did it. <laughs> wow. Okay. I wouldn't have picked those two things. I thought obviously thought it was fitness related, but yeah, right. Especially the football one. We did it and we did it on the Today Show. It was on Today Show in New York. Like we went to New York with on a mission that we were gonna do like I said no to America once I said no to America twice and then on the third time I said okay and so we went and we spent a truckload of time and a truckload of money it was happening like the the we had traction the wheels had started to turn and I was on you know like all these morning shows and on radio stations and it was really actually starting to get real and I I got really very scared like it just wasn't your scene? I was nervous because it, uh, they said, well, if you're going to do this for real now, Michelle, you're going to have to live here. I didn't want to live in the States and I wanted to have a baby. Did you feel like you were capping the career at all? Why not? You know when you hear about people that agree to a wedding and then they get cold feet? It was just like that. Like I felt like I was letting, letting down so many people and spent so much money and all of these people were looking at me thinking you've well, come this far like let's keep going yeah yeah I totally know what you mean about the letting down of the people that have come from ages like I think that's why I got married for my first wedding. <laughs> do you know what I think that'd be a great episode people that have like done runaway brides or runaway grooms the people that have just stood up and gone I don't want to do it yeah can't do it and, and they get literally you know to the I mean it's full on this was a very expensive wedding, though. Totally, but would it, I get, I get the like, you know, the lightness. Like it's the same sort of thing. You feel like you're letting everyone down. Do you ever look back and go, "There was a time where I really had to check my ego," because for something like this to happen to somebody, for them to just get swooped up and for their life to change so drastically in a short amount of time, then. Like, surely I've had to check my ego and go, why do you think you're more interesting than everyone else? You know what I mean? Like, or did did you always just maintain sort of a grassroots, like, attitude? I pretty much got my feet on the ground. One of my best friends, dearest friends, Craig, he said to me, I'm noticing that you're coming across really badly. And I'm like, what do you mean? Because you can have these conversations with these best friends of ours, you know, they're in our life. And he said, whenever you, this was very early days, <clears throat> he said, whenever people recognize you on the street and I'm with you or we're in a restaurant or whatever, he said, I know you and I know that you're embarrassed and that you don't want to be seen as a wanker. I said, that's right. Yes. And he goes, but you're not coming across like that. You're coming across aloof, like you don't care. And I was like, he said, I know that's not what you want to be, but that's it can be, it can look like that. So I said, well, what do I do? And he goes, Mish, you have, you have to just embrace it. You have to lean into it. So when someone comes up to you, you go, yeah. So I everything changed for me on that day. Like people would say, oh, are you that girl? Yeah, I'm that girl. Do you want a photo? Come on, let's get the photo. It was so much better. It just was a total shift in my head. I totally know what you mean because you do want to be like, oh, no, it's just me, little old me, like keep walking. I'm not a huge big deal. And they feel like you're going, 
See ya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just felt I was embarrassed. Yeah. Wow. I just don't want to be a wanker. <laughs> Michelle, you are <laughs> anything but a wanker. <laughs> There's no wanker energy here. No wanker. <laughs> <laughs> dick energy, but no wanker energy. Power pussy energy. That's what we've got going we on. We do have pussy energy going on. We're going to have to sort that out. Do you know what else I find really beautiful? And I'm only going to say this quickly because I know we're running out of time. But when people ask me what you're like, this is what sticks in my head. We were sitting down at, we were watching someone practice for their show or something. And you asked me how my, this is in a world, just to put context, everyone is so fucking fake on this show. And you've got like dancers telling you to, or producers telling you to look more like the dancers. And everyone is like, doing five levels of makeup on you and no one gives a fuck about you and you asked me you, we were talking about my stepsons and I said their mum's passed away and you said oh how did she pass away and I said she took her own life and I told you the story and I turned to look at you and your tears streaming down your face and I, it was such a contrast to everything that I'd been surrounded by you were so empathetic and so caring and I was just like Oh, my God, Michelle, I feel like I've known you forever. You're just, yeah, you're something else. And then you also gave me the contact of how I started my clothing label, so I owe it all to you. Wow. (laughs) I remember. I remember the story of your life that you shared with me. It was I've never forgotten it. I've dined off it a couple of times, just by the way. Oh, so many people don't even listen, and you were so engaged. And, yeah, I just thought to myself, I fucking love this woman. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I love you. And thank I'm, thank you. I'm really grateful that you asked me to come and do this. So I'm, I'm so glad you Good yeah. luck with it. I really hope it goes well for you. I know, and you can be like, I did one of the first interviews for her <laughs> when I'm Joe Brogan. <laughs> I've enjoyed our conversation. It's given me a little pep, so thank you. Oh, good. Oh, well, I hope to see you again one day soon, and good luck with everything. I hope you've, next time I speak to you, you've got a big, emotionally intelligent, hot fucker on your shoulder and <laughs> and um, adding to your life soul. not taking from it be careful what and you separate. wish for yeah separate. that's right you've got your life i've got mine you've got your place i've got mine it's the best my mom's um dating a guy she's been dating him uh, for, for like nine years she's 75 was she always single when you were growing up and then she got remarried but then yeah so she's been with ashley now for about eight or nine years and they've got their own separate places yeah and they just come together for you know saturday night dinner or they'll go a out special lie down cuddle I'm like that is the, that perfect, is the relationship. perfect relationship michelle my mom's the same she was like pretty much single. Well, she had partners, but you know, she was, I was like, she's going to end up alone. Like, and then she met this beautiful man, Alan. It's just amazing. And they have separate houses too. And that's why it works. Do you know what guys, my mum's doing the same. I'm, my mum has a, a boyfriend that she doesn't live with either. How crazy. They're all living the dream. Yeah. This no, must be. Because you're not having to do, clean their undies. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Like, and when you just, oh, and then. come together, it's. It's novel. It's, well, yeah. then when they do come together, they've got still got that passion there, as you were saying before, like that excitement's still there. So that's yeah. But the misogynistic shit doesn't creep in. It's like you can be as mm, fucking lazy as you want, but I'm true. not cleaning your shit, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I like it. I like <laughs> it. goals, guys. Goals. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Michelle, and thank Thanks, you, Thanks, Michelle. So much Mwah. love for you, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of To Be Frank. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, be sure to click follow. And leaving a review helps others find the podcast. Join us next time as we explore more interesting topics and people from all over the world. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.